Here's a message from Ken Lavica. Today on Ken Lavica Live, we talk NFL heartbreak, tragedy, and depression. Stone Lebanowitz, hit the open. On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. Presented by FAU MBA and Sport Management Program. No, no, no. Stick around. Hang out with us. Cool. Yeah, we'll stay and hang around with you. It's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. here to declare that I am so glad I'm not a fan of the Titans, the Packers, the Bucks, or the Bills. Mm. Thank God I may be raised a Bears fan and have adopted the Dolphins. And you know what? Today, that is a blessing. My God. Ken Levick alive here on ESPN 106.3 Monday after the wildest, the best single playoff weekend, depending on who you're a fan of, that we've ever seen in league history because it's Monday. Some good news for you. Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. He's in here just like tomorrow until 2 o'clock. Stone Lebanowitz, Friday Night Lights. He runs this ship sometimes into the ground, sometimes we survive. We'll find out today. We're in the Anna John Levine Accident Attorney Studios, downtown West Palm Beach, Phillips Point Towers, right off of the sunny, but don't be fooled, it is cold as hell, intercoastal. All right, uh, I don't even know, Theo, where to begin with this, but I uh, again, I want to reiterate. Titans fans, Packers fans, at least they've had a day to let it sink in. Mm. Bucks fans, Bills fans, I don't know how they're doing today. I'm legit concerned. I'm legit worried because what we saw in all four games, but especially fans of the Bucks and Bills who have not had a full 24 hours to let things sink in, how do you go on with your lives after that, especially the night game? My God. I, I, I've tried to put myself in their position, and it's driven me to antidepressants. Yeah. I don't want any part of that. It, it is so relieving that we were able to, because I'm a Panthers fan, you're, you know, Sit Dolphins. Back. To be able to enjoy, because yeah. that was, like you said, easily the best <laughs> weekend of football. And to be, I, I was thinking that during the Bucks rams game, I was like, I'm so glad I'm not a fan of either of these teams. Yeah. To be tied to the Bills-Chiefs game, which was like that on steroids, like yeah. I have no clue how Yeah, it's – Think about it. You went from the Bucks and the Rams where it's full-fledged depression for the Bucks. All of a sudden, the Rams start vomiting yeah. all over <laughs> themselves. I mean, we're talking chunky, just eaten things that are being coughed up on their shirts and pants. Yeah. And then, all of a sudden, the Bucks. Uh, make this epic comeback only to have the dude with the puke all over him throw a lucky haymaker, hit him in the chin, and knock him up. Uh, so then, you're like, wow. I how how could you survive that only to wow. see that chaos that was last night in Kansas City? My my question though, <sighs> after the Bucks Rams game, everybody was like, okay, now we get Bills Chiefs, and I'm like, look, my expectations were like, look, everything else has been excellent. I just want a decent enough game out yeah, of the Bills well Chiefs. Played Let's, professional yeah. quarterbacking. <laughs> I'm like, my expectations are just like, hey, entertain me a little bit. Not give me the greatest damn football game I've ever watched. <laughs> so instead, what Chiefs Bills did give you, it might it might be the best damn football game not only Theo's ever watched, but the best one that's ever been played. Twenty five 
point in the final uh. minute 55. Uh, you have Gabriel Davis uh, ending a Chiefs defensive back's life for a <laughs> touchdown. Uh, the Bills go on top. Tyreek Hill, 64 yards, who said he had an epic touchdown celebration planned, and Patrick Mahomes literally dragged him <laughs> off the field in order for him not to pick up a 15-yard penalty. Then, with cajones of steel, mm. you have Josh Allen march his team down the field, throw another dime to Gabriel Davis between two defenders, 13 seconds left, done deal. 13 ball seconds game. left. That's ball game. No human being who's ever played quarterback is going to drive his team down the field in 13 seconds, except that Patrick Mahomes exists. And Patrick Mahomes, in 13 seconds, gives Harrison Butker a 49-yard field goal attempt. Good. Right down the middle. The same Harrison mm. Butker who missed a field goal earlier. The same Harrison Butker who missed an extra point off the upright. Mentally, he is all out of sorts, yet sure enough, he's able to drill that right down the middle. And then the coin toss goes Kansas City's way. Yeah, That's right. A billion-dollar industry. And as we've laid out, a billion-dollar industry where old men who have chains onto a foam partition are expected to dictate whether or not a team has a first down, walk in a perfectly straight line to measure whether or not a team has a first down. Old man referees are expected to run a 4-3-40 to put a finger on a football to determine a team's season. And a coin toss determines whether or not a team has Super Bowl aspirations or not. Let me remind you, the NFL is a billion-dollar industry, the most popular sport in North America, and one of the most popular in the world, and these things are still dictating games. And as soon as Kansas City <laughs> won the coin toss, you knew exactly how this thing was going to end. You knew exactly how Patrick Mahomes was going to march his team down the field, and you probably could pick who the guy who was going to catch the game-winning touchdown was yep. as well. Look to the end zone for the win! He caught it! Ball game! Chiefs to the championship game! Jim Nance on the call, Travis Kelsey making the reception, and uh, feet were down, and the Chiefs win the most epic, arguably the most epic NFL playoff game that we have ever seen. Ever. That is thrilling for us, because you know what we've done, Theo? We've settled. We've settled. And you know what? Don't, don't let anyone tell you that you should reach for the highest highs of life, the highest highs of your career, because you want to know what that means? That ends at yeah. some point. So you're used to greatness and it all crumbles underneath you and your heart hurts and all you feel is pain. When you settle and you're never even in a position for excellence, it's so much easier to live your life. I'm with you. I feel fortunate I'm Bears slash Dolphins as opposed to Bills, Titans, mm. Buccaneers, so pressure. Packers. Too much pressure yeah. to be a fan Anxiety. of a team that's good. We're in a great spot today. Yeah. Last night, Chiefs Bills, that's heartbreak in Buffalo. Oh, I mean that that's all time sports heartbreak right yeah. there. My heart literally hurts for them. I was in the WPTV newsrooms because we had our Sunday night five sports live show, and there are like two super Bills fans in there. And to hear their roars and cheers with 13 seconds left, I I felt good for them. And I kind of was slightly pulling for the Chiefs. I was born in Kansas. It's not my team, but I, I liked them a little bit. 
So I was like, I'm happy for these guys. They've struggled. They've gone through so much. They're in their like mid 40s, so they've been through oh, yeah, the, they, the Super Bowl. They've losses seen the, and all the of that. crap. So I was low key happy. I'm like, wow, that feels good. And then to hear the pure silence <laughs> after Mahomes drives yeah. it down, kicks the field goal, gets the coin toss, throws a touchdown to Travis Kelsey, there were no more roars in that newsroom. Uh, uh. I I legit felt sad for Bills Mafia, man. <sighs> what a fan base. What a fan base. Uh, today their heart feels like it has been thrown through a table. Mm. The Bills oh. lose. <laughs> you did not have to do that. Done. You did not have to do that. I mean, that is gut-wrenching. That is, you know when you screw up at work and you know you screwed up at work and you know that it, there's something coming, there's a punishment, there's a suspension, there's a talking to, you get that pit in your stomach. Yeah. This is going to last days. That type of feeling is going to last days. There are some people that have not gotten out of bed today, I'm sure, uh, that adorn Bill's colors. That is a nightmare. Well, you know what one of the worst parts of it was? When they started to fake like they were reviewing that Travis Kelsey touchdown. Oh, yeah, like there was a a glimmer of hope. Right, Like because you know just out there there are at least like 20,000 Bills fans peering through their tears like, oh, my God, there might be a slip. What doesn't help there is Tony Romo going, I don't think it's over yet, Jim. (laughs) Jim, I don't think it's over yet. I don't think he got his feet in. Like that, that, I mean, Tony Romo trying to perpetuate the drama, but there was no drama to be had. I just know there were so many Bills fans out there crying already, but then like opening their eyes like, wait, wait, it's not over, guys. Get back around the TV just to watch him secure that catch so eloquently. (sighs) So think about this. There's that last night, okay? That is 10 out of 10 gut-wrenching. Oh, my God. Okay? Then, I mean, think back to Saturday afternoon. That was last year, I thought. (laughs) (laughs) I know. feels like 300 days ago. Ryan Tannehill throws arguably the worst playoff interception we've ever seen. One of the worst, certainly, in decades. No reason to. Not to mention Mike Vrabel, the trusted coach of Titans fans, just lackadaisically allowing the Titans to tick down the clock when it looked like they had ample time to go down the field and score. Tannehill's in no particular hurry. And then what does he do? He lollipops a pass down the left hash, gets tipped, gets intercepted. Joe Burrow comes in, predictably gains 25 yards, and the Titans win with a McPherson field goal to go on to the AFC championship game. That is heartbreak. And you're the one seed. Yeah. You sat there as the unlikely one seed, and you had your all-world running back returning the king, Derrick Henry, back on the field. And it didn't matter because it all resulted in this on Saturday afternoon. Harris, the snapper. Huber will hold it. And not only is it a field goal to lose, it's a 52-yard field goal from a rookie. And you're the one seed, and you're done. Ian Eagle on CBS. That hurts. That hurts. In Nashville, they're still not over it. That is gut-wrenching. And, of course, as we mentioned, the Buccaneers down 27-3. to You have the infallible, the uh, undetractable Tom Brady who comes all the way back, as Tom Brady does, 28-3. He's come back from that in the Super Bowl. 27-3 was nothing in the NFC Division on. Yeah, Yeah. and he got massive help. It seemed like all momentum, all karma was going the Bucs' way because the Rams couldn't stop fumbling. Cooper Cup, you get a fumble. Cam Akers, 
you get a fumble. Two. Oh, and you get another yeah, fumble. He likes those. And then, Matt Stafford, you get a fumble. Oh, but he fell on it at the last moment. But still, despite all of that, Brady marches the Bucks down. And touchdown after touchdown after touchdown for net, Mike Evans, and boom, you're there. Tied at 27, only to inexplicably call a blitz and let Matt Stafford sit back there and pick out Cooper Cup for a 62-yard mm. gain with time expiring and the defending champions, they go down like this. 30 yards to win the game. Matt Gabe boots it through. And the Rams, by the hair of their skinny teeth, by the hair of their skinny uh, teeth teeth. Don't get that. that. Al Michaels definitely fumbled he that, if you will. <laughs> that courtesy of NBC. Uh, but the defending champions go down. Man, all of those, how do you move on from that? How do you move on from that? How do you, how do you go into tomorrow seeing what took place? I think the easiest one or the easiest fan base to get over it is the Tennessee Titans because you entered these playoffs knowing who your quarterback okay. was. Okay. You knew you had Ryan Tannehill behind center. You knew that he would be the type of guy that would start a game with an interception, yeah. start the second half with an interception, and end the game with an interception. Yeah. That's, we're going to call that the new run. That's the Tanny, the tanny two-step. The Tanny two-step. <laughs> like, whatever. we got to come up with a name I-N-T. for that for Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. To start a game, start a half, and end a game with an interception is pretty impressive, I would say. <laughs> the trifecta. The Tanny trifecta. <laughs> the Tanny trifecta. The Tanny trifecta. Hit them all. INTs for everybody. <laughs> But here's why I think what happened Saturday night in Green Bay is the biggest gut-wrenching home fan base moment of the weekend. Bills fans, I know you're hurting today. Mm. Titans fans, I know you're hurting. Bucks fans, it sucks that you're not going to be able to defend your championship. But let's think about the Packers, okay? After what Aaron Rodgers... Put Packers fans through in the offseason. Okay? The last dance. Held them hostage. The entire NFL draft, Theo, you remember, was all Aaron Rodgers all the time. You know what? I'm not happy with the GM. You know what? And he, and, and he laid some seeds early because he's the one who came out and said, oh, I didn't know the plan on the final possession against Tampa Bay in the NFC Championship game. I may not have run with the football if I knew what the plan was going to be on that final possession. So then, all offseason, is Aaron Rodgers going to be here? Is Aaron Rodgers going to hold out? Is Aaron Rodgers going to retire? What's going to happen? Where's Aaron Rodgers? He's in Hawaii, but why isn't he talking about the Packers? Why isn't he preparing for a football season? And then, he shows up. And Packers fans rejoice. Not only does he show up, He starts playing MVP-level football again. And Packers fans begin to believe. They believe that they have a team that finally is going to get back to the Super Bowl, finally have a chance to play for another championship with a Hall of Fame quarterback who has only won one title in his illustrious career. (laughs) But then, turns out, yeah, I'm immunized. Lying. And we don't find that out until the midway point of the season. And fine, whether or not you want to get a vaccine is your decision. But per NFL rules, does it affect your competitive nature, does it affect your roster if you don't? The answer to that is yes. Definitely. So Aaron Rodgers lied, got dinged for it. We didn't find out until he got dinged for it. So he doesn't just take his punishment and take the ridicule and move on. He goes on a crusade. Yeah. He goes on an anti-vax manifesto crusade. Who will listen to him? Who will give him the platform? Pat McAfee. 
Who will listen to him? Who will give him the platform? Dr. Joe Rogan. The Ivermectin. <laughs> Not Dr. Joe. The, the Ivermectin stockholders, the company that produces that. They love it. Aaron Rodgers, he believes in horse to warmer. It's not only that, he continues to play at an MVP level during that. Yeah. And he continues to make a spectacle of himself off the field. But you know what? They're winning, so it's okay. Then this week, Aaron Rodgers sits down with ESPN for 28 minutes to talk about how he was offended that the president teased him about his lack of a vaccine shot. 28 minutes, that's fine. He can spend his downtime how he wants. But you know what? It's difficult to defend that. When you go out and you disappear in a full two quarters of football in the snow with a team that should be able to handle the elements, no problem. And your legacy has been falling short in the playoffs, and you fall short in the playoffs again. And this was a Packers team primed to win a championship. This was going to be the year. This was going to be the return to greatness. This was possibly going to be the last dance where he got the job done, and he's able to wash away all of the absurdity of this season redeem himself to Packers fans and go out glorious and what does he do he meekly tucks himself into his shell he was more dynamic talking about the virtues of anti-vax mindset than he was applying himself to winning a playoff game on Saturday night he was a non-damn factor who quit in the fourth quarter of that game, just throwing footballs into the air because he was out of ideas. Meanwhile, you lose at home, and you lose in the same fashion that befell Tennessee and befell Tampa Bay. You lose with the opposing field goal at Lambeau Field. Kick was down the middle, and good! 49ers win it! And that is Joe Buck, that is Fox, and that is another Aaron Rodgers playoff disappointment. So I'm sorry. Bills fans, it sucks today, and you feel terrible. But guess what? You have four to five years of greatness coming. Josh Allen, we said it last week, he's an elite-level quarterback now. He has raised himself to Mahomes' level. He has raised himself to Brady' level. He is there. He has arrived. You're in great shape. Packers fans, that was your last shot. Because the contract situation, the cap situation, is about to be a nightmare. It's It's going to dismantle your roster. And you have one man to blame for not realizing expectation. I don't want to hear special teams. Were they bad? Yes. Did they lose you the game? Absolutely not. They were terrible. They were terrible. But your MVP, who's going to be a back-to-back MVP, your, your savior, he didn't come back out of the locker room for the second half. He was a complete non-factor. That is gut-wrenching because Packers fans, they know in their green and gold hearts, in their cheesy little hearts, (laughs) that that's it. Aaron Rodgers is going to leave that thing in tatters. It's done. He's leaving. Everyone else is leaving. Devontae Adams is leaving. You name him, impact player, he's gone. The Packers will never be the same. And think about this, Theo. You had back-to-back first bout Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Brett Favre. Aaron Rodgers, you won two championships in 30 years Mm. of first battle Hall of Fame quarterbacks because neither of them could find a way consistently to play championship-level football. The Packers are the most gut-wrenching loss of the weekend. The worst part about the Packers' run under Aaron Rodgers is, at least with Manning's playoff failures and all of his losses through his career, you can look at it and say he was going up against the likes of like Tom Brady in the Mm -hmm. playoffs. He had, I think, a couple to Ben Roethlisberger. You look at the list of quarterbacks that have beaten Aaron Rodgers, and I understand it's a team sport. 
And a lot – I mean, I think we are discrediting the 49ers defense. Their ability to rush forward, drop oh, seven, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. cover like nobody else. I mean, Fred Warner over the middle. I yeah. mean, it's tough to score on that 49ers defense. Yeah. And he was without his tackle. I know Patrick Mahomes, though, tore apart the number one yeah, pass defense in the NFL He's last different. night. He's different. And I think what, what we did see is Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes might have just separated themselves mm-hmm. from what Aaron Rodgers is and what we think of him to be, especially in big game moments like that. Mm-hmm. But Aaron Rodgers is losing to guys like Jimmy Garoppolo mm-hmm. twice, Colin Kaepernick. Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson was the best quarterback Probably. to out him in the playoffs. Probably. Outside of that, it's it's these guys who I think Eli Manning got him a, uh, one or two yeah, times. Yeah, like, he got him a couple of times. Yeah, like the guys he's lost to in the playoffs is kind of inexcusable when you look at that. Like it, it. I know we we talked about this before the show. It's not a one on one game to an extent, but at the end of the day, like you're losing to Joe Flacco and yeah. stuff like that. Like I, I got to kind of look at you kind of sideways. Yeah. Are you a guy that I can herald as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time? He got outplayed by Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo got off to a terrible start. Ooh, that interception was It was, was bad. Terrible. But here's the thing. We focus that on that with Jimmy Garoppolo, and fine. But he also had five of his first six passes that would have all been first downs flat out dropped. Yeah, he flat looked good dropped. early. He looked good early. I mean, he was hitting open guys, and George Kittle, of all people, you know things are going poor when George Kittle wide open is just having to bounce off his chest. He, he underthrew that one a little bit. But, uh, yeah. but but this is what we do with quarterbacks we don't like is we just nitpick I know, the hell out I know, of them. You're right. Like, that's what we do. I'm just saying Aaron Rodgers was flat out. He was dreadful. He was dreadful. He disappeared. That's the most gut-wrenching is the Packers. For you, Theo. Of all the four games, which fan base took the most gut-wrenching L this weekend? It was easy. Easily for me, it was the Buffalo Bills. And I know they have the future to look forward to, but they had that same feeling to that same team just last year. I think with the Packers, at the very least, they knew this was the end of the road. They just hoped that it ended with a Super Bowl. But also, these same Packers fans already got their Super Bowl about 10 years ago with Aaron Rodgers, so I don't feel as bad for them. As well as, again, they know what this was. This was the last dance. Win or lose, they're going to come back next year and it's going to be dismantled. The Bills, they just were here last year, and everybody's like, oh, don't worry. They'll be right back next year. It's okay. Josh Allen is a superstar, whatever. And it's looking like that. And then to be up with 13 seconds to go, and you think you've overcome the boogeyman. You think that you're Jordan that just knocked off the bad boy Pistons, except it's not 90, it's 1989, and you're a year too early again. I feel bad for those Bills fans. Friday Night Lights, where does your heart go out to today? Buffalo as well. I mean, I agree with Theo. The Packers fans kind of knew it was the end of the road. And like you mentioned, like we're hoping for a Super Bowl. But yeah, you got too much hope. That yeah. Bills Mafia. And then just ripped your heart out. Okay. Here's where Bills fans feel okay. The other quarterbacks in your division, Mac Jones, Tua Tungavailoa, Zach Wilson. You're going to be back in but- that Position. What about the conference? The conference is like a gauntlet. Joe Burrow, uh, and I hate to name him first, but Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, um, I'm what's sorry. the guy at the Chargers? I, uh, Justin, Justin Herbert. Herbert. I mean, that's who you're facing in the playoffs every year. Forget the division. It doesn't okay. matter. But Josh Allen has put himself in an elite level where he's he's superior to all of them except Mahomes. He's at Mahomes' you're level right. now. You, you, in the toughest conference, you at least have a quarterback that you know can go toe-to-toe with Anybody. And I'm sorry, Lamar, he's not at that level. He's just not. He's, he's not, he's not, not right there. there. He's below them, but he's not. It's not. I wouldn't be shocked if next year Lamar doesn't have another one of those. I mean, he was having a great season before he got injured this year. So I wouldn't be shocked if Lamar, I mean, would it shock you if he's, what, 24 years old? If yeah. next year he takes another leap, if they get him a number one receiver, 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I, I Listen, I make the same excuses for Tua, so I'll make the same excuses for Lamar, except I've seen Lamar win one playoff game. And he's been there several times. He's been there three times. And mm-hmm. one of his, it was his rookie campaign when he came in in the middle of the season. But also, he doesn't have Stephon Diggs. He doesn't have Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have Travis Kelsey. He doesn't have Keenan Allen. He doesn't have Jamar Chase. Like, get him an X receiver, a number one, and then we can start. Hey, Maybe Rashad I'm Bateman all for it. As someone who makes all the excuses I possibly can for Tua, <laughs> I'll make all the excuses I can At for Lamar. At least Lamar, Lamar as well. got an MVP. I mean, yeah, you're talking yeah. about Tua, like, he's in Lamar's. Don't do How that. How dare you? <laughs> the most gut wrenching loss. From the weekend, I say it's the Packers because Aaron Rodgers put that team, those fans, that organization through the ringer only to pull the same Aaron Rodgers playoff crap that he always does. The Bills, that was the most gut-wrenching to Theo and to Stone. What was the most gut-wrenching loss? Which fan base suffered the most gut-wrenching loss of the NFL playoff weekend? Tennessee, Green Bay, Tampa, or Buffalo? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. You can hit us up on Twitter, at ESPN West Palm. Which fan base suffered the worst gut-wrenching loss this weekend? Tennessee, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, or Buffalo? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Ken Levick Alive is presented by the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. Nothing gut-wrenching about that. In fact, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program is uplifting. It's your path to sports. It's how you get into the sports industry. It's how you realize glory. It's like the Mahomes and Allen of postgraduate degrees. The FAU MBA Sport management program check them out online fau.edu slash mba sport uh, dr jim reardon the man in charge of the fau mba sport management program he's like the andy reed uh, though certainly more spelt than andy reed but he's like the andy reed of mba sport management programs the man in charge the man with the connections the man with the plan with the game plan and he is going to get you into the sports industry this is your path if you want to get into the sports industry Here's where you go. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport, the FAU MBA Sport Management Program. You can sign up for summer and fall semester classes on campus and remotely right now. FAU.edu slash MBA Sport. Which fan base took the most gut-wrenching loss this weekend? The biggest heartbreak in the NFL playoffs. Was it Titans fans, Packers fans, Bucks fans, or Bills fans? 888-760-3776, 888 888- Seven six zero three seven seven six, and we'll have your tweets on the other side as well at ESPN West Palm. He's Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN One Zero Six Three. You are listening to Ken Levick Live on ESPN One Zero Six Three. Here's Ken Levick. M Dubs on Twitter. Did you really just say on the radio that Josh Allen has raised himself to Tom Brady-like level? I'm not apologizing for a damn thing. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I mean, Theo. Today. If today you said, Ken, pick a quarterback for your team, I don't. why, why should I be shamed yeah. into picking Tom Brady over Josh Allen? Yeah, like there's no way I would take 44-year-old Tom Brady over Josh Allen no. in a vacuum. 
I would actually, yeah, I would actually say that would be dumb. It would be a bad decision because Tom Brady also would need the perfect, like not the perfect situation, but like he needs that really, really good offensive line because Mm -hmm. he can't move around like Allen can. And he can't stretch the field. Yeah, and he cannot, he he was not hitting some of those bombs that Josh Allen, Josh Allen can do many of the things that Tom Brady was able to do in that Rams game where he lost, plus more, plus the epic stuff we saw in that I mean, think about it. Josh Allen last night, the 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 Chiefs go up two scores right out of the locker room in the third quarter. Yeah. And what does Josh Allen do? Stands back there, five step drop, immediately <laughs> seventy yard touchdown, Gabriel Davis. Oh my! I mean, goodness. come on. How can you how can you argue with that? So listen, I'm not trying to disrespect Tom Brady here, yeah. but like you said, Josh Allen, not even in his prime yet. Yeah. Not even in his prime yet, Josh Allen. Over 44-year-old Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean. Again, that's not dumb. It's not a ridiculous proposition. I'm not going to kill you if you still take Brady, but I think there's one guy who's on his upside and another guy who's barely, barely hanging on now. There's one guy I saw truck multiple defenders, and then also I saw a couple times D-backs kind of like shy away from tackling him, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. he's ferocious, and on third and fourth and short, I think – He's a. It's a plus mm-hmm. to have Josh yeah, Allen. Nobody wants to see uh, Josh Allen coming uh, <laughs> within three feet of them. Full He's different. Speed. Man. He is just different. Ken Levick alive. Theo Dorsey is CMWP TV News Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine, the finest damn local sports broadcast you're going to find in the country. Damn right, right there at WPTV News That's Channel Five, WFLX Fox Twenty Nine. Stone Labanowitz Friday Night Lights. Uh, let me tell you about Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach. That is the best damn dealership you're going to find in this area. Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. I got my Kia K5 GT from there. Uh, George, Mike, all the folks over there, you are going to enjoy your car buying experience. Ken, enjoy a car buying experience? I'm not BSing you. I I don't like buying cars. I don't like the process. I don't like haggling. I don't like negotiating. At Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, they respect that. And it was more, here, Ken, what what are you looking for? It was all about me. It was about me. What car do you need for you, your family, your needs? All right, well, let's have you test drive this. And that's how I met my car love, my Kia K5 GT. No heartbreak there. It has been a great relationship. We do everything together. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, it is where you should get your automobile. The credit clinic on site. If you have bad credit, it's okay. This is what I love most about them. They are going to have your back. I like dealing with people that can have my back if I'm in a bad spot. I've had bad credit. I understand it. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach has their credit clinic on site. Check them out. You're not going to be disappointed. Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, the selection is elite. Uh, Military Trail, half mile south of Palm Beach International Airport. That's Greenway Kia West Palm Beach, greenwaykiawestpalmbeach.com. Which was the most gut-wrenching loss this weekend in the NFL playoffs. What was the most gut-wrenching loss this weekend in the NFL playoffs? I say the Packers because you had a last gasp, a last chance as the overwhelming favorite to win a Super Bowl, to get to the Super Bowl, your first ballot Hall of Fame two times, soon to be two-time back-to-back MVP quarterback. You had him playing some of the finest football of his career, but instead he gets distracted with the anti-vax and talking to ESPN about Biden, and then he doesn't show up in the second half. And now you're about to be to square one because your salary cap situation is Hades. Mm. It is hell. It is flames licking at your heels. You're in a bad, bad spot. I say the Packers had the most gut-wrenching loss. That fan base is hurting and will be hurting for quite some time. But Theo and Stone... 
they, they can't get over how the Bills lost. Patrick Mahomes, 13 seconds mm. to, uh, to go 40-something yards, get Butker in a field goal position. Uh, it, took, it took Patrick Mahomes uh, less time to get the Chiefs in field goal position, starting from his 25, than it took Dak Prescott that final play against <laughs> the uh, 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 Cowboys and 49ers for yeah. a referee to come and touch the ball and then time <laughs> running out. Just to rub it in a little bit more, Cowboys fans. They deserve it. As much as they talk and bolster themselves out there, they deserve as many references to that QB sneak as possible. Yeah. We're going to squeeze them in. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> we are, yeah, we are going to absolutely make the most of that. Four gut-wrenching losses this week, and it's not like we were taking knees at any point. It's not like we were just calmly shaking hands and, hey, you, you outplayed us. Yeah. Uh-uh. There were three home teams that lost when the opposing kicker came out, uh. and then there was one team that had a lead with 13 seconds left and had a quarterback <laughs> drive on them 40-something yards in 13 seconds to have a field goal knocked in on them to force overtime, and then they never got the ball in overtime either. That's another discussion, and trust me, we will have it. Uh, But these are four gut-wrenching losses. Who had the most gut-wrenching loss of the weekend in the NFL? Packers, Titans, Bucks, or Bills? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Let's kick things off in Riviera Beach. That's where Terrence is. What's going on, Terrence? Good afternoon. How you doing? Good, bud. So I was watching the game, the Green Bay 49ers game. Yep. And the whole second half, what I realized was Aaron Rodgers asked for a wide receiver back from Houston and could never find the guy. Couldn't find no one. Mm -hmm. So I knew that game was going to happen at some point, lose for Green Bay. So my expectation level was low. But when you watch the Kansas City-Buffalo game, they had a pregame interview with Josh Allen, who played an amazing, amazing game. And he talked about where he was going to eat as he envisioned the Super Bowl championship, and he talked about where the parade was going to be and what it was going to be like. What that is. He had it in his hands with 13 seconds left. Yeah. I'm watching this game, and I'm like, he's actually finna go. <laughs> he's going to happen. You know? And, and it happened, right? I'm like, yeah. whoa. And all I can do was go back to the interview where he talked about the expectations for the whole city of Buffalo. He manifested it. So I have to go with Buffalo over Green Bay because Green Bay quarterback went to sleep, couldn't find a receiver that he begged for back from Houston. You know that kid that played for the University of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And then he looked his way. So I knew that was going to happen, but I didn't think it would happen due to special teams. So I have to go to the Kansas City Buffalo. All right. That's a good one, Terrence. And, and that's, that's along the lines of where Theo and Stone are. I, I mean, yeah, this is for that city, for that fan base, it's crushing. It is, but the one solace stone that I take is that unless something catastrophic happens and Josh Allen uh, has some sort of helmet to ribs, exploding his chest, fragments into his heart, uh, never going to be the same type of situation, I mean, the Bills have all the talent, they have the cap situation, and most importantly, they have the quarterback to get the job done and be back in that situation. Evan Cohen made the point on Twitter, and you hear him 11.55, 5.55 every day here on ESPN 106.3, that you feel better about the Bills after this season, despite the fact they came one round short of where they went last season because of how legit they look and really with how few holes they look 
this they have this time around. No doubt. Can I defend Aaron Rodgers just a little bit? Oh, please Cause, do. Cause, because you're crushing my boy. Wow. Clown. What you got? Not 20 you, of 29. Okay. And 225 yards. That's 70% of your passes getting completed. Okay. I mean, situationally, it didn't play out as proper as it has all season. They were 5 or 13 on third down. There's the key stat. But completing 70% of your passes compared to 11 of 19, 11 of 19 Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean... Yeah, he just didn't come up in the big moments, but that's what we expected him to do. Doesn't he have to find a way to score a touchdown? That's my only thing. Is yes. like he has to find a way. I know the 49ers defense was and they're they're incredible, and I think they're not getting enough respect in this. Right. They called a great game mm-hmm. and they executed well, amazing. Well, Theo, didn't we say that the 49ers were going to be a matchup problem yeah, for yeah, the Packers? For sure. And this is precisely the reason what we saw on Saturday. Yeah, and, and that's why. Like Stone, I don't put as much of the blame on Aaron Rodgers, but I do say, hey, if you're going to be that guy who's showing your tail all season, talking all that smack, trying to paint this to be the last dance, then you have to fall on your sword. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the special teams lost it, but Aaron Rodgers should have went out and won it. The and- only quarterback to throw a touchdown on Saturday, Ryan Tannehill. Woo! Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're that's, right. Yeah. You're right. And, and, and Stone, what I will say with you defending Rodgers, that's fine. And the numbers are superior to Jimmy Garoppolo. Don't sit here and try and prop up Aaron Rodgers at the expense of Jimmy Garoppolo. Okay, like Jimmy Garoppolo did exactly what he was asked to do. He did exactly what we expected him to do. He was not asked to throw that that uh, that pass eight seconds too late to George Kittle that ended up being an interception. He didn't complete a pass in the first quarter. That's not his fault, balls. though. There were five drops. The 49ers balls. had five. Count five. Every finger on my hand. Five drops yeah. in the first. Eleven quarter. completions. Okay. That's what that's Jimmy was, G. Yeah, that's Jimmy G. He's not Aaron Rodgers. And in conditions, <laughs> and it snowed the entire second half. So again, we can sit here and make excuses for for Jimmy Garoppolo, but Jimmy Garoppolo did. If if listen, we we all know that Jimmy Garoppolo did what Jimmy Garoppolo does, and that was just sort of be there. Yeah, he existed, and he ultimately helped his team win a game. Aaron Rodgers. No showing in the second half, not executing on third down. You can't hold Jimmy Garoppolo to the same standard as the guy who's going to be the two-time MVP, Aaron Rodgers, who has the running game, who has the best receiver in football. Sorry. Like, it's just... And I know that the cop-out, the excuse machine, is going to keep puking up this special teams situation, but Aaron Rodgers, it's not like he had to come back. He never trailed up until the final second of the game. He's got to score. He's got to find a way to score with, with that kind of an offense. I know he didn't have his tackle in Brian Beluga. And I know he's going up against one of the best defenses mm-hmm. in the league. And they've been playing like that. But you, if you're going to be Aaron, if you're going to be capital A Aaron Rodgers. The victim. You're gonna be, Don't forget the, the, the ultimate victim. Right. The, the ultimate victim. And, and the hubris of the Packers fans, because now they want to play woe is me. But I remember, I think it was like the second quarter, Fred Warner did the championship belt he celebration. Did. He did. And all of these arrogant Packers fans out here, these cheeseheads, are all at home like, oh, they didn't mess up now. They did the championship. Oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's going to make Fred Warner pay. They they thought they won the game just because a guy did a celebration after he made an incredible play in coverage. And guess what? He just kept making good plays in Mm -hmm. coverage, and you lost. Absolutely. It makes it so much worse that they scored in three minutes in the first drive. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they just marched down the field. Right down the field. And then you've got Corey Dillon just Blasting uh, or AJ, AJ Dillon, Dillon blasting through uh, Corey Dillon. That yeah, would be a, incredible. That's a blast from the back. Yeah, that would be an incredible feat at, at his age. <laughs> AJ Dillon just blasting through tacklers yeah. to, to find the end zone. But then after that, just fell apart. Nothing. There was absolutely nothing. I almost, I almost tweeted uh, like midway through the second quarter. At what point 
do Packers fans, as the, the stagnant offense con- uh, continued, at what point do Packers fans start to say, here we go again? And this was in the second quarter. And then that just yeah. extended yeah. and extended and extended and extended. And the special teams compounded the problem, but Aaron Rodgers couldn't make a play when he needed to make a play. Mm. I just look, that Packers team is going to get blown up. There's, it, their, their cap situation is, is dire. Aren't they like $40 million under the cap? Or over the cap? Yeah, something me. like that. Let me, let me give you some of the names. And I, I have this. I, I ended up, uh, I, I was able to track this. Uh, there, someone tweeted, who could be uh, gone from the Packers? The entire list uh, with the Packers losing. And it is, I mean, this list is long. This is a long, disturbing list if you're a Packers fan. It starts fan. with Devontae Adams, Well, Devontae the Adams is, is case in point. And you also, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, there's, there's no way he's coming back to that. If yeah. it indeed is a roster purge, there's no way. he's not coming back. Why would he come back to that? And you wonder if he's just done with, with football. If he's going to – think about how, how personally he took people teasing him, making fun of him, coming at him. Hey, his feelings hurt. His feelings are hurt. And he took that so personally. Why would he come back to football? It's clear that he's bothered by all of this. Yeah. Why would he be a glutton for punishment anymore? And also, if he goes to another team, like he's already the villain. The way that people were killing him on Twitter that night, and it feels like again oh, a decade ago. That was, yes, it does. <laughs> but man, that was, I mean, he got ganged he up got on. Killed. He, he got, got ganged That was a slaughter. Up on. And, and for him to come back, let's just say he does go to one of these teams, the 49ers, the Broncos, whatever, like it ha- it's just the pressure on him. It's going to be Super Bowl or bust because every loss, every failed third down, Every incomplete pass, anything mm-hmm. that goes wrong with that team, we're all going to gang up on Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Why would you volunteer yourself for that pressure for the shot? Maybe a 7 to 10% shot at winning a Super Bowl. Right, right. You know, their chances have gotten, uh, I mean, significantly lower. It's they're, time to hang it up. They're in serious trouble. I'll, I'll, of course, I had the list, and I can't find the list now. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll. I'll go through, though. It is a, a huge list of Packers that could be on their way out. It is a major, major, major problem for them. Uh, and, and that's why I think that this is the most gut-wrenching because the Packers are never going to be the same after this. Yeah, but They're never going to be the same after this. The Packers organization, I think, and they have a good head coach still, and I think they do have a track record of being able to reload. I mean, they're not going, they're not going to go from Brett Favre to Aaron Rodgers again. Like we know that Jordan Love isn't oh, yeah. that. That ship that ship yeah. is sailing. The, the the first ballot Hall of Famer handing off to another one, passing the torch to yeah. another one, that ship has absolutely sailed. You're yeah. exactly right. Uh so which NFL fan base took the biggest gut wrenching loss this weekend? Which team took the biggest gut wrenching loss? Four teams, I mean losses that it's hard to wake up, get out of bed. After they happen, the Titans, who I believe if that was a bigger market, a more traditional team, we'd be talking a whole hell of a lot more about the Ryan Tannehill interception that he threw and the final possession for the Titans, which was an absolute mess. Was it the Titans, the Packers, the Bucks, or the Bills? Who had the most gut-wrenching loss this weekend? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at ESPN West Palm. We'll get to social media when we come back. He's Theodore CWP TV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. I'm Ken Levicka. I'm live on ESPN 106.3.